Joyolo by Taku. Chapter 1 A Different Dance. Joy doesn't love church. She only goes because Ma insists. Yes, hallelujah. She sings and rocks her body like everyone else, but her mind is always elsewhere. She wonders why Beata is late to church again. Beata has had Bo on the brain a lot lately, and it makes it hard for Joy to see her as much as she wants to. Pastor Joe is up at the front again, preaching from the depths of his toes, speaking about clearing out the spirits of poverty that move within the African community. Claim prosperity in this congregation. Joy rolls her eyes as she watches Ma digging in her bag for her wallet. Hallelujah! After the service, she's standing in the women's queue behind Ma. How are you, sister? Pastor Joe walks yes. down the line, morning, greeting Auntie. everyone. Hello, and when sister. he gets to Joy... Hello, young sister. He shakes her hand then gently scratches the inside of her palm with his middle finger. Ew! She jolts and looks at him in shock, but he just smiles and moves to the next person in line. Oh, hello! (laughs) Joy watches him, but it seems no one else is getting the weird palm scratch thing. As she turns to face the front again, that girl catches her eye. Why the hell is she smiling at me like that? Joy doesn't like Pastor Joe. And she definitely doesn't like that girl. Hi everyone and welcome to Two Words with Taku. I'm Taku Mbudzi and this podcast is all about how much I love writing. How much I love to write stories, to tell them, to listen to them, to talk about them. I mean seriously, I have stories for days. But what you've just listened to is a sneak peek of... Joy Yolo, which is a new story that I've written for a radio station in, uh, in Australia, here in Melbourne. And I'm just going to talk you through how the story came about and then some of the cool stuff I've learned whilst making the story, especially around things like sound effects. So what you've just listened to, like I said, is a sneak peek of Joy Yolo. And this is a story that has a couple of different chapters so far, but we've only produced one chapter. What you've heard is, what, two minutes of a 37-minute long story. And if you want to listen to the full version, you can listen to all of it on PBS 106.7 FM. That's if you live in Melbourne. And if you are overseas or in another state, you can listen to pbsfm.org.au. It'll be coming out live on on the website. And this will be happening on Monday, the 17th of July from 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time in Australia. So I know it's quite a lot of information, but I've put it in the blog description uh, so you can read through and I've got links as well. But that aside, let me tell you about this story. Okay, so let me read out the synopsis that I've been putting on YouTube and Facebook and all of that about Joy Yolo, the story. Joy loves words and comes from a poor single mom family. Yolanda loves dance and comes from a middle class family. The story is set in the fictional city of Baxter, a poor local council in an unnamed Australian city. The action happens around the local library, the community centre, council offices and different characters' homes. Themes of corruption, adultery and hypocrisy swim around these two teenage girls who just want to be heard. Yep, so yeah, that's the summation of the story at the moment. And, uh, yeah, and 
I've just put in um, on the video posts and stuff inspiration. So this is the summary of what inspired it. And I've written, I've worked in the local government and community development space for a long time. I've seen good and not so good people on all sides. I want to tell funny and inspiring stories about those worlds rather than the usual angry ones. Okay, uh, so that's the synopsis and that's the inspiration. So very quickly, I'm going to tell you how this all came about. So a while ago, I think it must have been a year to two years ago, I wrote a poem called Multiculturalism isn't a bad word, so please stop freaking out. And I wrote this poem because the word multiculturalism was floating around and it started to get a lot of negative connotations um, associated with it. And those are still around right now. And yeah, so I was just in this moment and I just started writing this poem and then I ended up animating the poem, putting it on YouTube. And I, I think I performed it at a couple of um, school events when I was speaking to kids. And then that was it. I just had that poem and I sat on it. Then I think a few months later, I saw this short story competition come up in Perth and it was organized by the Center for Stories. And what they were doing was trying to get more African-Australian writers to, um, yeah, I guess to write. I, I can't even remember the exact terms of the competition. But anyways, the theme was ways of being here. And you had to submit a story and then you were going to get mentored by different writers. And so not just African ones, just like proper writers within the Australian writer world with then the potential to showcase your work or your story at Perth Writers Festival. So when I saw this call out or this competition, I thought, oh, I don't really have a story. And I don't know, something didn't feel right to write a new one. I don't know. And then I thought, nah, I won't do it. Nah, I won't do it. And then I sat on it for quite a while. Anyhow, somehow this poem came back to me and I thought, oh, you know what? Maybe I'll just submit the poem, even though it's not a story. And then that felt kind of weird. So then I thought, okay, well, let me just write something around the story to see what would, yeah, what would come out. So then I kind of, I kind of <laughs> did this mashup thing of this girl who walks into an audition room and she performs my poem. So that's what I wrote about. I wrote about her standing in front of these three people and, you know, performing this poem and one of the, po the people doesn't like it. And yeah, I thought that was enough. So I submitted it. Anyways, they came back and said, yep, you're cool. You're in with five other people. So we've paired you up with this writer journalist called Marissa. Oh, she's got a long stay name. I won't even say it. In fact, I just call her Magic Marissa. So now I'm in. I'm one of five of these writers who've been picked to be mentored. I start working with Marissa. And over the course of a few months, this story developed. And what happened was she kept asking me about the characters. So the first thing she asked is, who is this girl who's performing this poem? And I was like, uh, I don't know. And then she then gave me tools. So she said, okay, go and ask yourself or work out what is she like what is you know what is she about and anyways it's it's just too much to explain but anyways I went off and I started writing about this character and this girl called Joy suddenly came out and I was like oh okay that's interesting 
And then I started to develop all these other characters and I started asking questions about, you know, why are they so angry? What is, what is upsetting them? Where do they live? So what's, you know, who's this guy and what's this? And before I knew it, I'd written the story. So what you're going to hear on Monday is chapter one, which was its own standalone short story. And that's what I ended up submitting to the Center for Stories because they were going to put together an anthology. But when I submitted it, they said, oh, your story is not quite fitting with everyone else's. It's, your story is very different. And I mean, we laughed about it. We talked about it. And I also was starting to feel like, yeah, I don't know what's happening with the story. It is developing and growing in a way that is wonderful and, and unexpected and yeah, it just didn't fit the mold of just being a story about what it's like to be an African in Australia. I, I, I can't explain it, but it just it just felt like it was more. So then I speak to Marissa and I'm saying to her, you know what? I can't stop writing. I'm just going to keep writing. And then more came out. So then as I was writing, I went, OK, well, I feel like this is no longer a short story. This is now becoming... A longer story and and not necessarily a longer story that is a book or I, I don't even know I don't know and I'm still actually writing it and but it's been phenomenal and I'm sorry that I can't actually articulate myself because it's it's just really it's kind of a, a, an unusual experience so I write this short story then I keep writing this short story you're adding to it or it just starts to grow and these characters start to appear and do weird things and and then I go okay well maybe this short story now becomes chapter one and then I write chapter two and then I write chapter three and then I stop and go oh my gosh what is going on here and then life happens and other stuff. And, you know, as a writer, you get, you know, you procrastinate and life happens, whatever. So now I'm sitting with these three chapters and I'm going, OK, I don't know what they're going to be. I'll just sit on them. Then I start going to lots of writers events and things like that. And I go to this talk and they had these screenwriters who, you know, have worked on Neighbours and done some TV stuff. And, and because I'm trying to get into TV or work in that space, you know, we're talking about story and development and character development and, and things like that. And, and one of the ladies really piqued my interest. So I, I went on Twitter to look at her work and then somebody had tweeted to her about this radio training program. And because I'm obviously doing this podcast, I saw and I followed the link and I saw about PBS FM, which is the radio station I've been doing the training through. And they're based in, in Melbourne. They're right near where I live. And I saw this program and it's a it's a project where they take people, um, especially from the multicultural community, and then they train them in radio making and radio storytelling. So they had this application and I think I was two days out from the deadline. And in the application, they say, do you have a story that you want to make or, you know, tell us about you and your story making or something like that. And instantly, because of my story being about the topic around multiculturalism, etc., and because of them saying that, you know, we're looking for people with different voices, etc., I was like, uh, oh, OK, one plus one is two. So I applied, sent them, sent them the link to the original poem that I put on YouTube 
And long story short, I get in. So now I get into the program and I've got maybe 12 to 15 other classmates, phenomenal radio teachers, people who've worked on ABC, people who've produced incredible documentaries. And I mean, these are amazing people within this space of sound and storytelling and radio. And because I'm working on the podcast, that became my focus that, okay, any skills that I learn through this radio training program, in fact, will benefit my, my podcast. And that's where my mind was. But all along, they always said to us, look, we're going to ask you to produce a five to seven minute piece, which we will then air on this, on the program, on our radio station. And because I always had the five to seven minute constraint, I just then put Joyola aside. So my story, I put it aside because it's too long. I went, it's too long. I'm going to have to write a new story. Okay, that's fine. I'm still learning. So that didn't really worry me. However, now as I start to learn more and more about layering, about um, interviewing, about narrative, about plot, about, you know, the sound editing, the music, everything, the more and more I sat on it, the more I was going, oh, I would just love to try that with my story. I'd love to try it with this chapter that I've written. Oh, I really want to. Oh, but I can't. It's too long. So I keep toying around with this thing and I'm not knowing what story I was eventually going to produce as part of this radio project. And then I went, you know what? F it. I'm just going to make my story, even if it means that I'll just make five minutes, which I share within the the broadcast and then the rest of it I'll put on my podcast so then that was the decision I make then I go to my radio mentors and they go oh no actually you know what just make the whole thing if you want I mean you're crazy to do it make the whole 30 minutes or whatever and we'll air all of it so then I go are you serious you're gonna let me tell the whole chapter this first chapter and you're gonna give me that time okay challenge accepted now, mind you, I've never produced a radio story. I've never done anything like this before, ever. So that's when things got really real. Because then, knowing all the characters that I had in my story, I needed to find voice actors. Then, knowing all the locations that I've set for my story, so the library, some of the homes, um, the community center, I then had to create those spaces through sound. Then knowing the vibe of how I wanted these characters to come across, how I wanted them to interact, I needed to work out then how that was going to sound. So this story became one of the biggest lessons I've ever had in terms of learning how to listen. It sounds so bizarre, but I'm telling you, Producing this story, this chapter, has been the biggest lesson in listening. And I'm just so proud. I am so proud of everything that I've learned and then all the amazing people that I've worked with to help this story come alive. So that's the background to the story. And in fact, if you listen in on Monday, you'll probably hear a lot more of behind the scenes, what happened. I might even get interviewed by some of my classmates and I'll share other things, but I just really wanted to tell the context of what happened and how the story came about. And the main thing I really want to say is that this is, this is a story that is influenced by a lot of my experiences 
being an African person in Australia, it's also influenced by the experiences of other people that I've met and worked with. It's not just an African story as well. To me, this story is a piece of art. So I'm almost seeing it as, yeah, an entity. It's its own thing. Because though I am African and I live in Australia and stuff, I've got so many other stories that I talk about. You know, being a, a stand-up comedian, doing the work with kids in schools, my art stuff, my, I mean, so many other different topics. But this one, this one is dedicated to my Africannessness. It's a celebration of my Africannessness, if I can say that. And I'm just so proud of it. I'm just so happy about it. I'm happy then I've been able to tell that story um, and those experiences with people who aren't African as well. That's been the magic is working with people who aren't African and those who are to make this story that is funny and fun and that has been a true joy to make. So I really hope you enjoy it for, for that in itself. Um, yeah, okay, so now I probably should talk through the sound effects and what I've learned, and I'll, I'll keep it pretty simple and light, but I just thought you might find this interesting. So when I, when I went to, to make the story, like I was saying before, um, I first did a read-through of the whole chapter by myself. So I literally read the whole chapter by myself. I think it's about 5,000 words, and it came to about 34 minutes. That's just me reading what was on there, word for word as I'd written it. And it's split in two because you've got the two characters, Joy and Yolanda, and you get insight and perspective from both their worlds separately. So in this first chapter, they don't actually interact. You just hear from, I guess, two different views of their world. So the story moves along swapping between the two, Joy's world and Yolanda's world. So the first thing... I did when I read that first bit by myself is I realized that I couldn't I couldn't play all the characters unless I changed my voice because when I first thought I'd do it I thought okay it'll just be me so I need to be creative with how I can separate you know the dad's voice from the girl's voice from the librarian's voice I needed Aussie accents etc so the first thing I learned or played around with was voice pitch so voice pitch is when I was changing my voice so that sometimes like, if I needed to sound like a man, I could just do that. And then if I needed to sound really young, I could do that as well. And then start having these characters which go and, you know, have interactions and go, Dad, but I don't want to do that. But child, you must. You know, so I thought that was really fun. And then the good thing is, once I started playing around with it and realizing I could actually invite other people to just speak normally and then I could play with their voices, whoa, it changed everything. And I'm so lucky that I ended up having just a whole heap of amazing people come and voice my characters. So I didn't have to do all the voices myself. But when you listen to the whole thing on Monday, you may recognize me um, in some of the spots and yeah. Hopefully you find them kind of funny. The second thing that I really loved and enjoyed was the layering. So you can have a character talking, but you want to, you know, drum up a, a feeling or a vibe. So I learned how to layer things like sound and music into the story so that even though you're listening to the main voice, 
other stuff is happening underneath and it just pads out that experience or that space and that's quite exciting i'm not sure yet how i'll use it throughout my podcast and the more episodes that i keep making what well, i meant more of the episodes i keep making but i loved that i loved learning about you know adding different voices together at the same time and music and yeah i just i just loved that it just added a new depth to me just reading by myself the third thing that i loved oh this was probably my favorite thing is reverb reverb <laughs> um reverb I mean, I can't even describe what it does. You're listening to it right now. Um, but how I used reverb in the story was because I had these two girls and their two worlds, You, I also had these moments where the girls are thinking. So we're inside their minds and we're hearing their thoughts and what they think. And so that's where I, I used reverb to set the, the frame of we're listening to someone's inner thoughts and then when they were having normal dialogue with other people, so whether it's the dad or the librarian, then it just went back to normal. So if I say things like, hmm, I wonder if people are really listening to this podcast. I could say it like that. And now it kind of sounds thinky. I don't know. But anyways, I loved that effect. So that was, yeah, you'll hear that throughout the story as well. So if you do, just know that that's when they're thinking and we're inside their brain. The fourth thing I learned about is panning. Oh, this was so much fun. Uh, so panning is when you can make a sound come out from the left and it's only in one ear. So hopefully right now you can only hear me in the left side or you can make it sound like it's coming from the right. Okay, so now... Did you see how I kind of transitioned and now I hopefully am coming from just your right side? And so I used that when I was having dialogue with Yolanda particularly. Uh, so whenever she was having dialogue with people, I would put her on one side and then the other person, I'll put their voice on the other side. So that when you stepped outside of her brain, uh, so those thoughts that were reverbed, and then you're listening to her talk to her dad or her mom or her brother, it's almost like you could hear them in different ears. So hopefully that painted the picture of them being in separate places. Again, ah, I don't know. I was just playing around and experimenting, but I loved how that came out and how that sounded. And lastly, the, the big little thing was the transitions. Uh, so when you make radio or when you, you're working with sound, you know, sometimes you want to have a seamless transition from one thing to another. And everything that I talked about, the layering and the panning especially, um, there has to be ways that you transition different sounds into different things. And one of the big things that I use quite a lot is fading in. For example, like this music is about to fade in. And then fading out. So now this music's gonna fade out. And things like that. So you can fade in music, you can fade in sound effects. And because my story had so many different components, for example, you know, I might be setting them in a car park. So they're in a car park and the car is running and now she needs to close the door and run out. But then I also want some music. How you transition those things is very, is very important. 
because you want it to be seamless and not just a jut or an abrasive or an abrupt stop or change in, in sound. Um, so I, I really liked that, playing with how that could work. The big thing, of course, being I've got these two characters, we've got these two perspectives, and because we're swapping between the two constantly, I needed to find ways that you, the listeners, could understand that now we've we've changed to Yolanda's world. Oh no, we're back to Joy's. Oh no, we're back to Yolanda's. And that was fun to play with that. Um, when I was working with my music mentors, we had a jam session. So thank you, big shout out to Dale and to Maddie. Uh, so you, when you hear saxophone in the piece, that was that was Maddie playing the saxophone. And anytime you hear the vibraphone or sort of xylophony sounds like this, that was Dale. Uh, so the music played a big part in also transitioning the different scenes, the different girls' worlds, and the different feelings as well. So now that I, I was powered with these five sound effects, I just went crazy. And, and, and yeah, I, I'm really quite proud and happy and excited about this story because I've just never done anything like this. And I'm excited by what I could possibly produce next. Now, all the actors in the piece are going, oh, now we got to do chapter two. Oh, yes, let's do chapter two. But I'm telling you, it is hard work. Editing sound and making stories on radio or for radio, in fact, for anything, TV or anything, anything, it is hard work. So to be honest, for now, I am still in recovery. <laughs> I'm still in recovery from making that first chapter. And... I think I just want to enjoy listening to it with all of my friends, with all of Melbourne, all of Australia, all of the world, I don't know, whoever ends up listening on Monday. I think I just still want to enjoy that before I even think about going on to produce chapter two. But I am telling you, there is chapter two and chapter three ready to go. I just don't know when I'll make them. But in the meantime, but in the meantime, please, 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 please listen to, um, to it on Monday if you can. I will post what times it will be, but it will be on pbsfm.org.au, wherever you are in the world, you can listen to it online. If you are in Melbourne, you can tune in to PBS 106.7 FM, and we're going to be starting the stories from about 1 p.m., and we'll be listening to all the stories from that class, from that training group. And uh, it goes from 1 till 5 p.m. So during that time, my story will come up. You will hear Joyolo, chapter one, which has an incredible um, you know, team of people who've helped put it together. The actors, the mentors, the musicians, and my crazy self. So thank you for listening to Two Words with Taku. It is an absolute joy sharing my stories with you here. And I'm telling you, there are so many more stories to come. So if you want to keep uh, tabs on my crazy writing and speaking and TV and podcasting and radio adventures and everything, everything, you can find me at taku.com.au. I'm also on Twitter and Instagram as at takuspeaks. And I'm on YouTube as well as takutv and on Facebook as takutv. So, yeah, that's it for now. I hope you enjoy Joy Yolo. Mm -hmm.